Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Releasing 
don't need one woman to sort of identify that with because there have been so many. Well, we plan to talk about, have an ongoing conversation about women in history throughout the month. And, of course, we have a women film festival uh, later in this month that has had hundreds of submissions from all over the world. Uh, hopefully we'll be able to get that in. And we're going to have a recap of the first annual Black Weekend. And as we recap that, I, I want to leave you with the question of, and you to ponder, did Black History Month make a difference? And if the answer is yes, if the answer is no, what difference should it have made? So there's a, a question to ponder, and we'll try to get uh, to that. There's been lots and lots and lots of things uh, going on, uh, so many things in the news. One of the other things that's happening is you know that we have our Friday gathering, and our Friday gathering is being expanded to not only are we going to have the Friday afternoon gathering at the Westside Bistro inside of Nevada Partners at 710 Westlake Mead Boulevard, North Las Vegas, but we're also going to start an evening uh, gathering, and that's going to be at the CEO uh, Hookah Lounge, 5900 uh, West Flamingo, West Flamingo Road. And uh, that's going to give our folks, and that's going to start at 5 o'clock from 5 to 7. And that's going to give some folks a chance to come in and, and have to work and talk. And it's also going to be a, a, a happy hour event, so we'll have some music playing and there will be some food because I know after you get, get off work, you, you want to grow up on something. And that's going to start this coming Friday. Some changes associated with Our Own Voices and Our Own Voices Live. Hopefully that will give us uh, some more input and insight into some of our shows. So that's uh, sort of what our topic is going uh, to be about today. Let me tell you a little bit more about Our Own Voices Live Radio. Our Own, Our Own Voices Live is a radio show featuring people and stories from our community in Las Vegas, the surrounding area, and someplace near you. America is the greatest country on earth due to its cultural diversity and not in spite of it. Our mission is to help bridge the cultural and ethnic divide in America by working together to build the greatest bridge in history to unite us. And one of the ways we do that is with shows like Our Own Voices Live. We also have, we're part of the Speak Up Network, which we have Brother Thomas Perry that comes on, I believe, on Tuesday afternoons. And uh, that's called Rant Radio, Rant Radio. And that brother brings it to you hot and heavy, straight, no chaser, so to speak. And uh, he has uh, some interesting topics, and the brother can go deep. We also have Brother Lee Vaughn, who was on just a little earlier this morning at 11 a.m. on the East Coast with Real Radio, Radio Stress Life, give you a slightly younger flavor to some any topic. He said there's nothing off limits. And then, of course, we have Sister Angela Thomas, also a member of the Speak Up Network, and also co-host right here at Our Own Voices Live. She has her own show that's called Needle on the Record, dealing more with pop culture, music, and her show has been on fire lately. She's had some very interesting interesting topics. She's had some wonderful guests. I mean, I'm talking, she's getting those big-time guests. I mean, she's the, the money guests. Uh, people like Robert Johnson has, has been on her show. So she's doing the thing, and uh, hopefully she'll be able to join us a little later in the show. So this is March 7th, 
this Saturday. I know you all could be doing so many other things with your day, but I thank you for deciding to spend a little bit of it with us. I'm pretty excited. Uh, one, because I woke up this morning, had some great business calls this morning, uh, going to do some more things in the community and, and make some more things available. Also, this evening, this evening, just to keep you all up on current events here in Las Vegas, because I know you all think that nothing happens except on the strip and it all involves gambling, but that is not so. Evening, we're going to have a birthday party and send-off for one of our very own, Miss China Hudson. That's right, Miss China Hudson. A lot of us affectionately know her as just Miss China. Uh, she's going to Africa, y'all. That's right. She's going to the motherland. And a part of what makes this so outstanding is that she is she does uh, some teaching uh, with African dance and the African drum, and she has some of her ascension programs. But she's going to get a chance to go to the motherland and get it firsthand. She's going to just be absorbed in the continent. She's going to go to a different country. That's right. It is a continent with multiple countries. And uh, she's going to go there. And this is sort of a case of like each one teach one but on steroids. So she's going to be the one. And she's going to go there and learn it, and then she's going to come back and share it with the Las Vegas Village community. So, uh, matter of fact, that party is tonight uh, from 7 to 10 at CEO Lounge, 5900 West Flamingo, if you guys can get down there. It is also a fundraiser, too, uh, because we want to show that uh, we can support the sister in her endeavor uh, to go and get that knowledge and bring back to us. So that's just some of the current events. And, of course, I never do as much stuff as my wonderful co-host and really uh, so much founder of our own voices live, and that's the one and only Mrs. Angela Thomas. Welcome to the show, Angela. How are you? I am doing well. How are you? What a Saturday. What a weekend. 50th anniversary of Bloody Sunday. Uh, we're in South, all of America, I feel, is, is in Selma, Alabama right now. The President of the United States is speaking to us. But I tell you, um, when we elected President Barack Obama the first time, and to see him walk out in Grant Park, a park that is the People's Park in my my home city, Chicago. I I, I don't think it's it's been very many other proud moments uh, for me in uh, cultural history, pop culture history, uh, history history than that moment. And today, watching uh, President Barack Obama embraced John Lewis after his remarks, uh, and John Lewis presenting, as he put it, the President of the United States, Mr. Barack Obama, to the people there in Selma, uh, Alabama. I, I just got chills again, the same type of chills I got when we watched our newly elected <clears throat> first family walk out onto the stage in Grant Park that evening. Um Mm. It's just been such an uplifting morning to hear all of the remarks. If you haven't been able to tune in after you're done listening to us, <laughs> feel free to uh, check in with C-SPAN. They've been running full coverage all day. Also, Centric is doing Centric and BET is doing a three-hour concert. If you're into the mu into music and 
you know, things of that nature. The the set, the other set part of the celebration, it will be a three-hour uh, concert, I believe, tomorrow. But Centric, uh, doc, go to Centric.com. They're also live streaming all of the events, uh, all of the choirs and various activities that have been going on this morning. Uh, hearing on C-SPAN from so many of the the uh, folks that did it, them, you know, that that took part in in Bloody Sunday and you know helped Snick organize and you know in this time of the film Selma, you know the Oscars are over and you know so much Selma is just so on the tip of our our tongues right now, but to see the folks that did it, and their children be a part of this ceremony. It was a young lady from Selma High School this morning that just brought me to tears when she talked about her her grandparents, sharecroppers, like the rest of their siblings. And when she told them that she would be giving remarks at this event, where the first African-American elected president of the United States of America would be joining her. She would be on the same bill with the president of the United States and how her grandmother just embraced her and um, her grandfather was rendered speechless. And then he finally, when he finally spoke, he just said, you know, There have been a lot of hard times, a lot of struggles, but I love my country, and I I so can be in peace now knowing that my grandchild is on the same bill with the president of the United States. Not the African-American president of the United States, but he was proud that his grandbaby was speaking with the president of the United States. On the same at the same event on the same day to commemorate something that was so profound and important in his life and helped his children have a better life and l- cleared the pathway for his granddaughter to stand there as a high school student, speak of their heritage and their community's heritage and to be um a student, a a great student, and looking forward to attending the public college. And I thought it was so important, Rodney, that she highlighted that she was going to the public college where so many of us had been refused and not allowed to pursue that higher education and how honored she was to be on her way to that institution to to an a public institution in that state of higher learning. Mm. Such a long way. A really long uh, way, but so far we got to go, man. Oh, the the journey is definitely not over. Um we I was talking to uh, a a young person this morning and she was telling me how much she wished race relations in America today were different and better than what they are and how she had been brought up to see America and people as just people 
and how troubling it has been for her to come to the realization that ev- everybody doesn't see it that way. And a lot of the ills of this country is simply because of that thing of what we saw on Bloody Sunday. I tell you, Rodney, if you want to change a country, all you got to do is change your mind. If you want to change a situation, change your mind. If, how much better off would we all be if, if some individuals would just change their mind? It, it does me proud to see Mr. Uh, and Mrs. Bush, former president, who took so much criticism uh, and still takes a lot of heat from the black community for uh, his response to Katrina. But to see him there embracing Michelle and Barack right now and to see him there, uh, you know, looking really relaxed, I tell you, that office of president, the presidency of the United States, it's a stressful office. It's good to see Mr. Bush with a smile on his face and looking rather jovial and festive. But it, it warmed my heart to see that picture of all of them, their their uh, holding hands right now, and just it, it's just a, a a good indicator that maybe that young person's desire might come forward if we could get more individuals to just change their mind, change your mind, change you know, your your station in life. As important as politics is, it's not necessarily the politics, but maybe it's the party that causes the politics that keep us divided in so many areas. Uh, There's a meme that I I posted this morning, and it has a picture of, uh, I believe it's two women and a man. And it's a picture from behind them as they're sitting on a couch. And the person on the left side I think it says Democrat. The person on the right side, I think it says Republican. And then the person in the middle, I believe it says you. Hmm. And then the bottom line says, uh, the, the bottom line says, basically, this is how it really is, because it shows the Republican and the Democrat with arms locked together behind the chair. And what it's symbolizing is how in public they play as if they're opposing each other, but in reality they are working arm in arm and that Mm -hmm. we are the ones that's being used as a tool by them both. Hmm. And I thought, isn't that something? And suppose that is really how it is. You know, the founding fathers of this country, as they're often described, and George Washington didn't believe in parties and party politics. And they actually predicted the dysfunction that we face in our country today that many attribute to party politics because they said it was divisive. And when you divide anything up, is not that you have more of it, you just have two halves, and they don't come together to make a whole because they're constantly opposing each other, so they're not able to come together. 
And unfortunately, some of the things that happened in this country not only was divided by party, but then party became identifiable with what your thoughts were on race. And race, the original, well, probably the second original sin of this country with the original sin being displacing the natives that were here, but then bringing in, importing uh, black people into this country. Those two sins have always been things that have divided this country by race. Now it's party, and even worse, they've sort of conjoined, and it's party and race. A Hmm. terrible mixture. I tell you. But today, you know, we observe, we celebrate, we acknowledge the 50th anniversary of Selma, Alabama, and uh, Bloody Sunday. And, you know, I'm happy that it's more of an upbeat uh, take on everything. Right now I'm watching C-SPAN and President Barack Obama is out in the out of, out in the crowd amongst the people, um, being embraced and hugging people, uh, shaking hands, and they're playing legendary uh, Chicago musician Curtis Mayfield. Keep on pushing. Mm. Can't get more um, right in the pocket for me than to see. President Barack Obama, Chicago, uh, you know, part of the Chicago Democratic machine and leadership uh, matriculated through that system to the highest office in the land. And to hear in the, you know, the backdrop, the soundtrack to that, to be Curtis Mayfield, keep on pushing, that's deep for me. Well, when you look at President Obama, there in the crowd, uh, I believe is, is that near Edmund Pettus Bridge? Are, are they near the they're bridge? On they're on Edmund Pettus Bridge. They're on the bridge. Well, Everything, we, the whole festivity is set up on Edmund Pettus, Pettus Bridge. Yes. Well, when you when you put, just take in take that in mind that 50 years ago there were horses, dogs, National Guard, gas, state police. Yes. A lot of guns. people were hurt. Absolutely. And I took that all into by... account. And if you haven't seen yes, Selma, yeah. please go see that because, it, you know, I'm happy I saw this before this weekend came. And, you you, I, you know, it it did. It's in, it's in my mind what was going on this day 50 years ago where, you know, National national shame, national sin was committed and reverberated across the globe. As President Barack Obama referenced in his speech today, kids in, in Burma saw, keep referencing that and have referenced that over the years, went to jail rather than be oppressed based off of what our people went through that Sunday. And how they handled it, how they handled it, and used that to bring about change 
not just for us, but for everybody in this country. I don't know who, you know, other na- plenty of other, every nationality has been enriched by what Mr. Lewis and all the other participants, the training. You know, they referenced today the training that those young people went through. He referenced, it was referenced today, what was in John Lewis's bag uh, after he received his training and uh, put down contact information so that if something went wrong when he went to jail, because he was in, you know, when I when they take me to jail for this, call my mama, and this is her information right here. He had in his bag a jacket, an apple, and a book on government. He laid it all out that day on that bridge and went to jail afterwards. And what did he do? He stayed focused. He put his head in that book on government. And now he is the congressman representing a state that wasn't too friendly, obviously, to black people, mm-hmm. and is a long-serving mm-hmm. congressman representing Absolutely. that state. Uh, you know, and, and let's not forget the brutality that he faced on that bridge, uh, having his skull cracked, mm-hmm. uh, was was no easy task. And when you think about the big six uh, from 63, John Lewis was the youngest of the big six. Um, he's a good baby of the bunch. That's right. And and I want to I want to underscore that. Because he is no young man today. He's no spring chicken, though he may dance like one. <laughs> he is no spring chicken. And it just makes you think, who is ready to pick up the baton? Who's ready to receive the baton? These luminaries like Lewis, uh, like one of our own locals, Mr. Sam Smith, these great giants, who've done so much to pave the way for so many who came after them, there's still a way to go. And are we ready to take up the mantle? Are we ready to grab the baton and start running with it? They had their race to run, but they're coming to the end of their race. You know what else I learned? I love today about today's remarks from the children who's whose family took part in Bloody Sunday but are no longer here with us, how they didn't skirt around the race issue. There was no PC in in the remarks given today. And one young lady, her her father's name escapes me right now, uh, Taylor, I believe is his last name, but this young woman uh, stood up and she, she gives remarks all across the world uh, on behalf of her dad who is gone on now. And in her travels, young people ask her what, you know, what, what is, what is the new civil rights, you know, what can we do? 
What What's the new front that we should be paying attention to? She said everybody has their Edmund Pettus Bridge to cross, uh, whether it's mass incarceration of African-American men, whether it's sex trafficking of women and children, uh, whether it's voters' rights being infringed upon, everyone in this country, black, white, you know, whatever your nationality is, whatever your political party is, everyone has an Edmund Pettus in front of them right now. I think I'm saying the last the, the name right, Edmund Pettus. Um, yep. Mm-hmm. Bridge to cross right now, and I, I just thought that that was so profound and so right. It, it doesn't matter what I say. You know what she was doing to me was not take taking the onus off of her to decide for that young person what they should go out there and get cracked in the skull for, and then be put in jail for. You decide. What your bridge is What you're willing to cross over for Be confronted by Whatever may be And then go to You know after after they Knock you down Crack your skull Cart you off to jail What you gonna do then Do you have your head in the book Government book like Like they did do you have the troops out there training? You know, we had uh, leadership in the community that went last year, uh, Erica Washington, great journalist, and now uh, communications person for our local chapter of the Urban League. And, and you know, she went down there, she went down south last year and trained with SNCC. And she's been, you know, putting up her remarks this week about, as we've, you know, as we were approaching this weekend, about the things that stood out to her uh, about the training and, you know, being amongst the community and the folks that took part in that and how much, you know, the movie Selma, she even mentioned the movie Selma and how, you know, nice it was done, but what no movie has done yet is put the the POV of that that story. We've, we've heard that story told from Martin Luther King's POV. We've heard it uh, told from a lot of POVs. But no, she's right. No one has really focused on SNCC. What an interesting uh, film that will be when it gets done uh, to tell SNCC's story in this um, momentous time in history for this country. Right now, um C SPAN is showing the actual voters' rights uh rally uh with Murphy Martin, uh chief correspondent, and the the, the Confederate flag flying over the Capitol. Three twenty five sixty five the 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 date says as they pan down on on the Capitol building. <laughs> That's a sight. Well, it is a contrast for sure. And when 
you know, it, it reminds me of what we used to hear in Sunday school when my grandmother used to make me go, and that was that we all have our own crosses to bear. Yeah. Uh, and I guess that's appropriate as we're approaching this Easter season for those who celebrate. And mm-hmm. for sure, there are many things that we have that we can work on today. When I was chatting with some young people in my life this morning and we were talking about it, and they were saying how they wish and how they hope that people could just see themselves as people. And I told them, I said, you know, that is a hope. But there's also a reality. And we have to live in the reality with aspirations for something more later. But we have to do the groundwork for the more later today. And I Mm -hmm. said, you also have to really... The world is as it is, not how we want it to be. And one of the mistakes has been for one group to see the world one way, but the other group to see the world the other way, and that group is the group that's in power. And I says we have to realize that we have differences. We see things different, and there's different perspectives. And if we want to change the world, First, we have to change ourselves on both sides of the equation. Sure. And then we have to look and see what is the one common denominator that we should all be able to move forward on. And I gave her the same suggestion that I continue to give, and that is we have to do something with our education system. Uh, Part of the discussion today was to do a recap on the first annual Black Weekend here in Las Vegas, and we Mm -hmm. had a wonderful speaker, uh, Dr. James Small, and Angela, even in your introductory remarks, you talked about the founder of Negro History Week, which later became Black History Month, Carter G. Woodson penned a book called The Miseducation of the Negro, and the book, just like it was written almost 80 years ago, if the book had never been written, it could be written today using the same Like he wrote it last week. Mm -hmm. That's right. So it shows that as many things have changed and with as much progress has been made, laws have changed, but people's minds and actions really haven't changed. And how do you, under his research, he found that even the school books, the teachers was one thing, but he said even the school books miseducated our children, and it also miseducated the majority population. And through the miseducation, the part of the miseducation he was speaking about is the omission of people of color throughout the history of the world and their contributions to it. And he says, if we did not include that, if we did not change that and include it into our school systems, that we would continue to have this miseducation and these separations that continue to divide us. And I believe that it's just as accurate then as it is now. And, you know, Angela, while we're on that, uh, and we can stay on, because I, I want to talk about the Selma thing some more, but can you give the folks a little feedback on what the first annual uh, Black Weekend in Las Vegas was like? 
Well, first I want to say thank you to Franklin G. and you for uh, putting working so hard, and Lisa Mosley and others uh, for putting it together. Sir Cooper. Sir Cooper. So many others, and you know, I don't, I don't, I wasn't on the planning committee, but I, I, I was happy to. KDEP, our local radio station. Yes, thank you. Um, to me, what I saw was a community so grateful and so excited to be there. Both days, both days were full of community. Uh, members of the community and their children. They brought their babies, and they watched so intently the presentations. Uh, the host was magnificent. I, I thought his skits were so rich and added such character to the program. Um, there was also a skit done by young people, and... It's a nice story about some of our great inventors, and it was a, it was uh, about the day in the life. What would what would a day in the life uh, would know? What what would a day look like without black people and their contributions to this country and the world? And they just went through some of the individuals. Uh, I think the loudest applause was when um, they brought up the gentleman that created air conditioning, an African-American man whose name is escaping me right now. But I think he got the loudest applause because we're here in the desert and we know it's coming. It's going to be heated in a minute. And we got great appreciation for that brother's contribution to history. And I'm sure it's a lot of other communities all around this world that are very grateful that he put the, fired off those neurons and put themselves together and came up with, air conditioning. So, uh, it was a great program. Uh, I thought that was so wonderful to come from young people to the young people that were attending. Also, all of the speakers, all of all of the folks that came out and gave remarks um, were just so heartfelt and poignant for what was going on. Franklin G. was Ripping and running and sweating, but he he put it together and, 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 you know, rallied the troops. And all of you guys came together and put together a beautiful program. Um, Friday night when uh, Dr. James Smalls spoke, I spoke with him. I had the opportunity to sit with him and, you know, be quiet and and take in the lesson. But he was so genuine. I got to I got to say Mr. Dr. Smalls was so genuine as he talked about um his family life and you know how much it takes for him to go to Africa for months at a time, how much time it takes away from his home life and you know he told one uh interesting story about the generator breaking down last trip to the home country and you know if the generator stopped all life stops in a community so they will you know it took him some extra weeks to get home because he was not going to leave them there um with the generator not working so um to see a man that's taken 
so much effort to go and not just go there and learn and get the information, but immerse himself in the communities in which he travels and help bringing donations, bringing um, his abilities, others' abilities to build community and to hear how much they love us and are so appreciative of our engagement with them and them with us. You know, we I definitely made sure to mention to him to let them know how much we love and appreciate their contributions and, and the opportunity to exchange and share knowledge. So when he came out to give his remarks, uh, opening up with the Carter G. Woodson comment and, and saying that it was as if he had written that book last week because so many of the issues that he brings up in the book, the miseducation of the Negro, um, still exists today and how fortunate we are to be of able body and mind so that we can get cracking. We all have an opportunity right now to solve some of these issues that uh, we've been working towards getting solved, but they're not solved yet. So to have the connectivity, it was like uh, watching the live Internet go down. We were plugged uh left hand through right hand, centered with Dr. Small's body, uh, connecting African-Americans here in America, in our community, last Friday night, to citizens in Africa, the whole continent, bringing our rich history forward and connecting us that, you know, that saying, uh, the white man's religion, Christianity, a lot of us, think that it was given to us by the white man, but he brought it on home. Oh, no, you already had this. You already had this. And here is how it was laid out. And here's the connectivity to it in Christianity that you know of today. And to show pictures of Nigeria the capital of Ganda, just all, I, I, you know, so many impressions. But I just wanted to, in this broadcast, give thanks to those that put it together because it was well-received and well-put-together. And I was, I'm, I was just so grateful to be able to offer a welcoming to the community as well as Dr. Smalls on your behalf and your absence. So thank you so much, brother, for including me. I really enjoyed myself. And I can't wait for Black Week next year. Well, hopefully <laughs> and we'll I love that y'all not Black History Week. I, I want to say that. I love the title, Black Week. Do we ever have a time to just be black? Uh, there it was. <laughs> uh, there, there it was, and you know that I, I like what you said about a few uh, because it's interesting you put it together that way. Because one of the young people I talked to this morning said, 
maybe maybe if we could take a day where everything that was invented by black people we couldn't use, maybe people would see black people differently and see that we contributed to the world just like everybody else. Maybe we could have those young people reenact that, that piece because it really put a great uh, spin on things. Uh, the day wouldn't be so cool. You wouldn't even be able to make it six seconds out here on one of those good hundred and something, hundred and Jesus, please, days out here without air conditioning. That's just one thing. What, what, what would happen? With, I mean, they talked about the traffic light, but they talked about traffic. The 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 architect the, the 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 arranging of a city. These are all contributions made by African Americans and you know African descent. And look, trust me, we, we will try to have those young people reenact that piece so we could put it up on the Our Own Voices website because it is a very telling piece. It would be a tough day to get through life. For a day without our contributions. Now, I'm sure that eventually someone would have discovered Chicago. But <laughs> if we in that reenactment, if we just for a moment said, let's say nobody had discovered Chicago because that black man didn't exist, and it was only the black man that was going to discover it, my co host wouldn't be here right now. I wouldn't. I'd be from some place in the flatlands without a name. <laughs> I, I mean, you know, when you when you put it like that, uh, and when I was in the service, we had to wear a gas mask. And for those who still serving, the gas mask is something very important to them. Well, guess who invented the gas mask? The black man. Mm-hmm. Saved lives. Uh, many people know the story of Dr. Charles Drew. Uh, came up with, you know, the whole blood transfusion thing, and died bleeding to death. Mm. The irony and the horror of that. So, when you t- when you talk about the contribution, but without without talking about it, and without putting it in paper and giving it to our children, they don't know it. Uh, one of the other things about the military is we used to have to keep our uniforms ironed. I'm trying to figure out how would we have ironed had that black man not invented the iron. I'm sure somebody mm-hmm. would have done it later, but who knows how much later and what else would have gone into doing whatever that they did. So uh, when we talk about, talk about math, uh, when we talk about, you know, we have a spacecraft that is on its way to a dwarf planet this very moment And one of the reasons Why that spacecraft Is on its way to that dwarf Planet is because Of astrology which later Became astronomy hmm. Also Created by people of color So when we talk about it And, and one of the things that And I'm not going to belittle this too much longer But I do want to hit on another topic though, Another segment of this topic And that was if you look at a map and you look at the continent of Africa, that's right, the continent of Africa, and you look at the size of it, 
Well, it is not portrayed in all of its magnificence. It is portrayed as smaller in reference to the other continents than what it really is. And so much smaller that you can fit a good portion of the rest of the world in Africa. He talked about how many countries you could sit and still have room. The United States, um, God, I forget. It was about three or four of us and still have room uh, with the landmass of the con- of the continent. So, hey, it's a lot. It's a lot. And, and some people will say, well, why is that important? It, it's important because of imagery and because of how we see ourselves. You know, there was a jawbone that was recently, uh, was, it's been over a year since it was discovered, but it's just sort of come to the public domain. It's recent in archaeology. And, uh, <laughs> yes. And it, That's and a recent it, discovery. Uh, it, ex- it extended the timeline of human existence as the homo uh, species and what it and it was found in Ethiopia that was so, so poetic Rodney it extended the time of existence that's right that was deep that's right that's that's right and you know when you think about that there's it is important that these things come to the fore and that the people associated with it are connected to those things. The mere thought of Africa being represented as smaller than what it is, and when you see, they've done a, some uh, a map that they take the different countries and continents that can fit in Africa, and they they did a diagram of that. And when you see it, you're just awed. It is that big. Unbelievable. Well, I said, huh? Go ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead, Angie. I was just going to remark that I sat this morning um, and watched the Selma coverage with my five grandsons, my five apostles, I call them. They um it was just interesting to watch this with them because of course they've heard the pieces of the history and I, I'm gonna have to get out uh some of the PBS documentaries, um and really let them see and, and and you know, they've read a lot of books, but to see the footage and and, and see the people there on the Edmund uh Pettus Bridge and the oldest my oldest grandson, my oldest apostle, who just celebrated his 11th birthday, Ishaya, turned 11 this week, Thursday evening. Well, Thursday he was 11. And um, he's, of course, read about the Civil Rights Movement, read about Bloody Sunday, and, you know, read about some of these things. But to see it this morning and to hear their remarks and to hear what they think those you know because I, I have the 11 year old down to the the 18 month old no nine month old Benjamin 
sitting there and to watch the younger brothers sitting there watching their older brothers who who are reading these things and articulating thoughts on it. It was just a, a really good breakfast this morning. It was nice to sit there with my young men and and um have that conversation and watch some of the vintage footage as well as watch some of the live coverage of the activities today. Um and they started you know, they you know you're in your grandparents' house and you probably, you know, I'm, I'm sure I'm guilty of this too. They've probably walked past this one artifact in my house a thousand times. If you've gone up and down the stairs, you've seen this one artifact. Uh, I have a flag that was presented to me and my husband by my son-in-law, Eugene Johnson, Air Force, where he flew a flag on the on the back of the Predator, predator in our name. And it made my older two grandsons notice that article in my home today and ask questions about it and want to know about it. And then they called their Uncle Gene and said, thank you for doing that for Grandma and Grandpa today. You know, um, to have something in my home that makes them feel more connected to this country and and have even more reverence for their Uncle Gene and his service. And, you know, this is a service community. We we have Nellis Air Force Base here, as you well know, Rodney. You you was a former serviceman. Um, just to have those moments with young people where they notice important things like that is, is huge. So it's a good weekend around the house. Well, I'm glad that you guys are able to take that in and frame that around ultimately uh, Selma, uh, Edmund uh, Pettis Bridge, uh, known and and rightfully so as Bloody Sunday. Uh, What some folks may not know, though, is that there were other marches that were done uh, around that same Mm -hmm. time, uh, Mm -hmm. a little before and and a little after, that didn't get quite the... uh, Maybe the the coverage that Bloody Sunday got, but Bloody Sunday got covered, and Bloody Sunday did cause a change. And it was the, you know, I, I think we also have to be realistic here: is that Bloody Sunday didn't change America for the Voting Rights Act because people all of a sudden sort of got religion. They changed it changed because the optics were bad internationally as well mm-hmm. as nationally. Mm-hmm. And I and I don't want people to just have this misimpression that, oh, America's seen this and suddenly they, they turned on a dime. That was not the case. There were other factors that, in conjunction with this, forced America, didn't do it of their own volition, like, oh, wow, these and their own benevolence. Absolutely, yeah, and I, well, I had to make that point. I had to make that point clear to my boys this morning that there was a lot of foreground laid before Bloody Sunday. They it, this reverberated across the world. It still does, and it will always be a shameful moment in our history. And a lot of people around the world who are being oppressed 
use this as a studying tool to enrich their fight against oppression. Um, But, you know, there were a lot of things that led up to this, and we talked about some of those, those things. But to see other brown children, you know, some of the coverage, uh, focused on on the kids there in the crowd, and you know it just brought it closer to the young people in my life today. Well, and it's those young people that we need to. Some people say, because one of the one of the uh, topics today was was you know why do we have a black history? Uh, bless you. Uh, you. What is the significance? What difference does did Black History Month make? And that was a question that we asked at the gathering yesterday. Because there's some people who say we don't need a Black History Month any longer. Uh, Mm -hmm. We don't. Why why should we have one month to celebrate one group of people? And so, for those of you who are out there listening. As you're listening to Our Own Voices Live, comes to you every Saturday at 12.30 p.m. on the West Coast. 3.30 at East. We, and, and what we're talking about is we're talking about Bloody Sunday. We're also doing a recap on the first annual Las Vegas uh, Black Weekend. Uh, one, of the, one of the topics was, did, did Black History Month make a difference? We asked this question at the gathering yesterday, and... People said, yeah, it did make a difference Because they learned something That they didn't know and These were black people who were talking They learned Pretty well read black people too I, I, So many books on the table Thank you DA and uh, For having those reference tools Right there at the ready And contributing so much to the conversation Yesterday another great serviceman might I ask? Army in the house. Army in the house. Great grandfather. Great great grandfather. Buffalo soldier. Uh, Congressional Medal of Honor winner. Yep. Having lunch uh, with him. So often. So you know, just somebody that stops by the table, breaks bread with us. You no, know, as and we grateful. As we were for talking it. about. What would it be like if you removed African-American accomplishment? One of the things that we talked about was the taking of San Juan Hill uh, yesterday. And Mm -hmm. in the history of San Juan Hill, what it chronicles is that the Americans were losing. And on two separate occasions, it was the 20, I believe it was the 24th and 21st, 24th and 25th uh, Army unit that, Basically came and saved uh, America from losing, mm-hmm. and that it was because of them that the Americans won. Well, as many of you know, we are we know about the Rough Riders at San Juan Hill, but the Rough Riders were losing, and it was the Buffalo Soldiers of the 24th and 25th that came in and saved the day. So even though the Buffalo Slow soldiers may not be as well known as the Rough Riders. It was the Buffalo Soldiers that 
caused the Rough Riders to be able to come home and tell their story. So mm-hmm. if you remove blacks and their accomplishments and history from the equation, maybe Teddy Roosevelt wouldn't be one of those greatest presidents because he might not have ever become president. Because he might have died right there at San Juan Hill had it not been for those brave Buffalo soldiers who were black men. So almost in every facet of history you turn, you can see the contributions that blacks have made. And as we speak about the contributions that blacks have made, and we we recap uh, the first annual uh, Black Weekend, ask the question, does black history make a difference? And we talked about Bloody Sunday. There's also, this is March, and in March, this is Women's Heritage Month or Women's History Month. And so the same people may say, but why do we need to have a Women's History Month when there's more women in this country than, than men? They're not a minority. Well, they're not a minority by number, by no means, but they are still considered minority status on the power of this so, yes, we do have a Women's Heritage, a Women's History Month, and this is a time to reflect on the contribution. Just like we reflect on the contributions of Africans and African Americans, this is a time for us to reflect on the contributions that women have made, not only in this country, but throughout the rest of the world. And those accomplishments run the length as the men's accomplishments. Uh, and, and as I bring that home, us local in Las Vegas and, and maybe you all have some where you are, please feel free to give us a call and share those uh, women's contributions locally to you. But let's think about, I mentioned them also, Monica Ford and Dr. Tiffany Tyler over there at Nevada Partners who just won another multi-million dollar grant. $2.7 million. Yep. And the type of work that they're doing over there. It's it's amazing. When I think about another local, Mrs. Tolan, who's been to Africa, I believe, over 13 or over 13 times, and who's brought back artwork and has it on display with light, with light yeah. in her yard, as well as in her house, and did it in her yard so that people could come and share in it. You know, when you go over to her house and you just drive up in the yard and you see those statues and then when you hear her talk about them, I mean, that's just amazing, the heroes that we have to us that are local. Yeah. Uh, Extending their wealth of knowledge and wisdom. Uh, I I, I don't think I've ever been to her home, and she not... Asked me when was I coming back, and would I be willing to help in this initiative? She's working on this. What do you think of that? Such a towering figure in this community. And and then when we think of some nationals, uh, when we think of as an example, though maybe of a different party than what some people would prefer. Remember how those parties divided. If you look at the biography of Condoleezza Rice, it's not Amazing that Hillary Clinton has anything on Condoleezza Rice. 
amazing accomplishment in her own right. And then we can just keep going on and on. Many people mentioned Harriet uh, Tugman uh, and so many others. Look at our Supreme Court now, how many women we have on the Supreme Court, as an example of how far we have come into in this nation. If you look at the amount of women scientists that we're starting to have, mathematicians, astronauts, uh, women are allowed into combat, which I'm still debating on whether that's a good thing or not. Hmm. But it, it, is, it, is a, it is movement, momentum. And women have momentum right now on on things in, in America and throughout the world as they've always had. I tell everyone, if you need to see the impact that a woman has had on you, look in the mirror and remember <laughs> that you would not be here had it not been for that woman. Amen. Your mother. So we cannot get away from the impact uh, that women have had throughout history and through the world. And hopefully next week we're going to start our uh, series on women in business right here in Las Vegas and maybe other places too to talk about women in business. We think of business of suits and usually men in them. But, uh, you know, there's quite a few women who are moving. Look at the uh, history maker, the uh, first Federal Reserve chief, female. We have one now. Mm-hmm. 30 years ago, maybe that wouldn't have been thought of. And this morning I actually had a conversation with another local who was a history maker in her own right. She goes by Miss Michelle, and she, last year she created the Las Vegas Black Film Festival. And I know many of you say created it last year. That's right. We didn't have one until last year. A woman created it. And next month will be the sec- now the second annual uh, Las Vegas Black Film Festival. Uh, as a matter of fact, they're honoring Louis Gossett Jr. Just to show you how far they have come. Last year it was Antonio Vargas. This year it is Louis Gossett Jr. As a matter of fact, the founder of that event won a national award. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the prizes in, of the award was a uh, a vacation, a seven-day cruise, where she received the award on the cruise ship for her work in stage production, but more recently in the creation of the Las Vegas Black Film Festival. And she has a new movie that will be coming out next month in conjunction with the second annual Las Vegas Black Film Festival. And as we talk about films and women, we also have something, Andrew, I know you're intimately involved in. It's a women's film festival that's happening, I believe, later this month. Can you share some information on that? March 14th, we will be at the Balboa stage, and I'm sure I messed that name up, but it's right uh, across from the Yard House in Town Center. 
Um, town Center, Town Square is one of them. Town Center, Town it's Square. At the end of the Las Vegas Strip <laughs> by next surprise. Yes. Uh, we will gather on March 14th. Uh, the event starts at noon. It goes to midnight. Uh, in that Saturday, March 14th, Saturday, March 14th, we will have um, an award ceremony. We will have several screenings throughout the day, and we have had the pleasure since um, November. They started in November of 2014 preparing this Nevada Women's Film Festival. Um, We've had the pleasure of having over 600 women and women-themed film projects submitted to our film festival, and it's just been a pleasure to see such an abundance of great work and really exciting uh, pieces of cinema from around the world. We had submissions from around the world, and I'm really excited about next weekend um, where we will join together with Many filmmakers, and if you love great film, if you want to be involved in the film industry, please come out and join us um, March 14th, starting at noon, and just be among members in the community of of the creative arts. Uh, The pass is $14, tickets. Are ten dollars, and we would there. Uh, we would love to have you join us to um, uplift an important aspect of dialogue in the world. Uh, earlier, Rodney, you were talking about how uh, Bloody Sun- Sunday, the imagery reverberating. I, I just want to connect that. Um, connect that cinema, that film, um, really archives our voice our t- of the time period. And so we have documentaries, we have films, um, and we just want everyone to come out. We kept it affordable to, to submit your project. I think it was like $10 to submit to be considered, and it's $14 for a pass to come out and have a wonderful day of cinema and uh, the arts. You know, the the accomplishments, these, these things become important because if you don't chronicle them, then it's only in the memories of those people who actively participated in it. And we know what can happen if those people are no longer with us and those memories weren't documented. Then it becomes up to secondhand knowledge. And if you remember that game you played in school where you got everybody lying in the classroom walls and you whispered one story in the ear of one person, and then by the time it got back around to you, it was so much different. That's what happens. 
so these things have to be chronicled. You know, as we talk about Bloody Sunday, you know, one of the reasons, one of the reasons and one of the people why Dr. King was there, it wasn't just because of, of uh, uh, Lewis, but it was also because of some women uh, who wanted Dr. King to be there and who urged him to be there. Uh, so oftentimes when we think of the the civil rights movement, we do that again. We think of suits. We think of men. And, yes, they did play a prominent role and maybe even the leadership roles. But there were other leaders involved, too, and there were women who were very much involved with the entire civil rights movement, movement from the very beginning. Uh, let's not forget uh, Sister Harriet Tugman from way back in the day, uh, Ida B. Wells Barnett, who protested against lynching through the pen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so many. Uh, Chicago Defender, wife the of... The contribution mm-hmm. of Coretta Scott right. King, who was a civil rights activist in her own right outside of Dr. King. I often hear people say strong and strength in reference to, to women. And I say, what a strong woman she must have been that we know her to have been, to sort of have to take the wife and mother role while her husband was out there doing it. And if you see the movie Selma, you'll see how in still she was able to play a role in the civil rights movement and the decisions that Dr. King made, not only in the decisions that he made, but when he was running on fumes. She's the one who replenished him to go forward and to do his job. You know, strength can be measured in all manner, but that is also a manner that it can be measured. Uh, the organizing of some of these things, the schools that they organized that summer, where it was teaching black students about not only what was going on with the civil rights movement, but also what black history and learning in general. Those freedom schools, some of them still exist to this day. A major contribution to the civil rights movement and to its continuation after some of those notables at the time left, those folks who went to those schools have been the ones carrying the baton. They've been carrying the torch, male and female. But a lot of females were there teaching those students. So the role that women have played throughout America and throughout the world, whether we talk about Eleanor Roosevelt pushing Franklin Roosevelt to do the right thing towards black people and his resistance, Uh, whether we talk about Eleanor Roosevelt pushing her husband to do the right thing for women at the time, which took even Mm -hmm. more effort. Mm -hmm. Wow. And then if Can you, you go imagine back that history, here, <laughs> uh, when we go back in history even further, before this country was the size that it is, when it basically was on east of the Missouri, almost primarily the Mississippi, and Lewis and Clark set out, remember, it was a woman, and not her husband. It was the woman, the native 
American woman who led them out west. A woman. Let's not forget that. A woman has played a critical role in every facet of this country since before it was a country. And that's another prime example right there. Women have been, still are, and will be major contributions for whatever greatness that this country achieves ever. And throughout the month, we're going to keep hitting on this women's history, women's heritage theme. And and if you have a story that maybe we don't know, feel free to bring it. You know, and as I talk about a story that maybe we don't know, that leads me back to Miss China uh, going to Africa, going to the motherland. You can look at that as feminine as well because it birthed us all. And she's going to go back and be nourished from the, the mother of us all and then bring that back to us to share it because then she will be the mother because she will be the holder of the knowledge and the culture and who will share it with the rest of the Las Vegas Valley. I hope you all can come out tonight and participate in her birthday party, uh, her Bon Voyage party, but it's also a fundraiser too to make sure that she has the money that she'll need while she's on that trip. She's also taking supplies over to give to one of the schools or some of the schools over there. Uh, you know, we can do a lot of things, but we will do very few things if we try to do it alone and without our women being involved. The success right. will be much more limited without including our women. And it is a shame that we have to say that we need to include our women. But, again, it's the world that we live in and not the world that we would like to have. And if we want to get to the world we want, then we have to do the groundwork, like Angela was saying. You have to do that groundwork now. Absolutely. The groundwork is so key. If you don't lay that foreground, you cannot gain ground. Oh, my goodness. Say it again. Say it again. If you do not lay that foreground, you cannot gain ground. You cannot. It's impossible. There's never been anything accomplished, great or small, that didn't include that. Well, as we come to the close of our show, we tried to talk a little bit about Women's Heritage Month, uh, the Women's Film Festival. We tried. We asked the question, was uh, did Black History Month make a difference? Uh, we talked about Bloody Sunday and its history and our black president, but the American president that's down there. Those people only had a dream of one day there being a black president. It was something that they often spoke of, but probably didn't really believe it. It was a hope. It was a desire. It was an aspiration, but far from a reality. And at the 50th anniversary event of Bloody Sunday, there was that American president who happens to be a black man who was representing his nation as a reminder of where we were, how far we've come. But he also told them we still have a ways to go. 
you know, there are some people who didn't, who complained about the president going, that there was more important things for him to do. Hmm. I can't think of one right now. I think it was the most important thing for him to do today, in conjunction with the other things that he will do, because he's not a one-issue president. America, I believe, in spite of all of its ills, has the potential to be the vision of what's written in that preamble of the Constitution. We still can be it, but we have to work. And as Angela says, we have to we have to do it now if we want it in the future. I say, why not get started now? But the longer we put it off the longer it will be before it ever comes to fruition, and the more suffering will be. Well, Angela, why don't you tie it up and put a bow on it for us? Well, you know, as we merge the two, Black History Month and Women's History Month, um, I just want to say how fortunate we are that they laid the foreground, let's continue um, to do the work, though. As um, Jesse Jackson tweeted today, don't just cross the bridge, finish the walk. I thought that was so poignant today. Um, We have so much more ground to break, so many other areas left uh, where we can be the first, make history for our nation, for our community, for our people. So many other areas where we can be the first African American, whatever, at. And, you know, start the foreground today. Because tomorrow is, if you're fortunate, if God is smiling on you, upon us all, very sooner than later, um, I want to wish Sister China safe and abundant travels. I, 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 my heart leaps with excitement for what's what God is unfolding before her and what she's drawn to her. She drew this. She called this out of the universe to her. So I'm I'm excited to uh, be amongst the black man that is helping other women in this community to shine and to go further, faster, and gain even more knowledge. So. I thank you for your contributions, Mr. Smith. Thank you for letting me be a part of Black Weekend. In your absence, um, I look forward to next year. And please come out and join us for Nevada Women's uh, Nevada um, Women's Film Festival. Next weekend we'll also have Dr. Patty Thomas call in and give us some more information about the festival and um uh, I can't wait. It's an exciting month, uh, exciting times. You know, the old saying, may you live in exciting times. Well, we got that in spades, as we would say out here in Vegas. So 
make the most of it, and let's journey forward. Uh, thanks, Angela, for those words, and for those remember that next next Friday we will have our usual gathering at twelve o'clock p.m. at the Westside Bistro inside of, inside of Nevada Apartments. But we will also do an after-hours gathering starting at 5 p.m. at CEO Lounge, located at 5900 West Flamingo. And we'll also do a uh, happy hour. So we're going to do a uh, happy hour, happy hour prices. There's, there's food. There's, uh, as Franklin G. would say, libation for those who partake. <laughs> and hopefully there will be some good company and some good music. And look for that to be posted uh, probably this weekend. Uh, Angela, appreciate your insights. What else do you have for us? I just wanted to let the audience know on Our Own Voices Live's uh, Facebook page, I posted the President's remarks uh, from today. So much, uh, so many good things said. So if you have an opportunity, you missed it earlier, please tune in to C-SPAN or Our Own Voices Live. Um, Facebook page and listen to what the president had to say about um, history made and history that we are to make. So with that being said, I will bid you adieu. Thank you very much for tuning in, and we look forward to God, God blessing us to have this conver- continue the conversation with you next week. Well, and on that note, folks, I will see you next week as well. Be safe. And, Angela, I will be talking to you shortly. Bye-bye, everyone. Awesome. See you later, people. Have a great weekend. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.